give me a second. My <laughs> my wife used my uh, studio for podcasting yesterday, and she's got all my settings. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> My. Russ, you did it. My. Oh, shit. Justin, are you okay? <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys hear that? Am I going crazy here? This guy's doing Borat, but he's not even Borat. My way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Russ, you're, you're going to hurt him. How am I supposed to do a podcast with this fucking guy? So, it's like, Sasha, are you there? Are you pretending to be Russ? No, no, it's Fuck. me, Russ. I was just, I was just doing it. I was doing it. That's what Sasha. he would say, though. That's what Sasha would say. That's true. He's always <laughs> he deep, was deep cover. to be Russ. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we got to do our show. Stop. Who saw two Borats for the price of none? I didn't even pry, buy a ticket to Borat. I'm getting it in 3D over here. Griff, you got one? Oh, uh, Ka- Kazakhstan. Hmm. I don't know. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best movie of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I'm having fun in the summertime at the cinema. My name is Christopher Plant, and I'm not here to spoil the end of this film. My name is Russ Rushing, and I know Sega. Oh. What if it had always been Russ's voice that did that before all the Sega games and it was just Russ from all the way back to from the beginning of time do you think we would we still baby? be do you think we'd still be talking about Sega do you think we would have <laughs> just do you think the Sonic the Hedgehog movie would have crossed the finish line you think I would have ruined it if it was me I think you would have maybe poisoned the timeline a little bit see mm. I feel like the opposite I feel like the uh, Sega uh, the, like the angry oh shit you're right like, that, that scared terrible. people off it created the <laughs> toxic video game environment if we had just had the gentle coup of a baby Russ Frustick yeah. we're talking about an That's entirely can I, different can I try video it? game can I try timeline it? yeah huh. sure give us another one Sega pretty that's good a little baby. that's pretty good yeah I love I love when Russ pretends to be a baby Justin I'm sorry you were introducing the show yeah it's the besties <laughs> where we feature the latest and greatest and interactive video game technology it is a game of the week book club that goes all year long and, so wait uh, the latest yeah. and greatest of video game technology which is why uh last week we did a 30 year old video game and this week and, a movie which is your fault the last one was your fault we, we covered that extensively <laughs> yeah. as we heard. um so I want to do a little table setting before uh we get into the bulk of this discussion when we had planned to talk about I'm having I'm in a little bit of a tailspin because mm-hmm. when we had planned to talk about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I think we were all on some level planning to have a little fun at Sonic's expense. <laughs> and now we've all seen the film and I'm sitting here trying to wonder how we're going to get 20 minutes out of material from uh 
Sonic kind of fucks. Yeah, it's- Sonic kind of rips ass, dude. It's uh, <laughs> we all had a good. We were all te- I I've never quite uh seen anything like the text chain we all got going this past weekend as we all excitedly realized, like, wait a minute, Sonic rips ass, dude. What what I never would have guessed. Uh, let's be fair here. The three of you were negative uh nillies, and I fair. said before we had all seen the movie. I said I have word. From an inside source, that there is a joke in the movie where Sonic farts. Right. And then James Marsden says, Whoa, you better clean that fur, implying it was a yeah. very wet fart. And I I sure. assumed that that would have set the record straight before we watch into the movie theater that this movie would rule. Oh, you like that? Oh, hold on. Wait, you like that? Because I actually wanted to call that scene out as being the worst imaginable sort of piece of Sonic media, worse than the kiss with the girl, um, uh, worse than nude Sonic with his scarf. Like, it's the worst. That scene made me Mm. conjure up an image of Sonic. It made me conjure up two things. One, an image of Sonic, his fur matted with his own spoiled shit. Uh Um his own that he that he confesses is because of chili dogs like it is a repugnant sure, image sure, 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 sure. uh and it also makes you think about what that little blue gentleman actually smells like and i hate that i do not want to think about what that is that that sort of brings me to the conundrum of the sonic the hedgehog movie and it's how i feel it's not i don't know how you all feel about I it i was disappointed while i was watching it that i knew that while i was watching this it's very hard to talk about a movie that was pretty damn good (laughs) well but here's here's the mystery of the sonic the hedgehog movie i went with my three-year-old son uh who i have taken to see two movies in the past and he has like one of them he sat through detective pikachu he was like fucking in there like swimwear like he was glued to the screen loved every second of it toy story 4 some of the dramatic beats he got a little antsy. Oh, Frozen too. Same sort of deal. Same sort of deal. Got a little antsy during. So I was like, I don't know how he's going to do during Sonic the Hedgehog. He was into it mm. the whole way. It is very much a kid's movie. That's kind of like the news coming out of the reviews of, of this film is that like it is very geared towards a very young audience. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, I enjoyed this movie on a level I cannot really explain because it is comedy forward. Let's say it has it has assertive notes of comedy and also almost every joke in the movie fails catastrophically on pretty much every level. Incorrect. Incorrect. I disagree with you. I think it is a return to form for Jim Carrey. I I haven't even touched on Mr. Carrey's work (laughs) in the film. He he Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik uh, is um, very funny. Oh and we God. remember, despite some dark times with Jim, some maybe some anti-vax sentiments, maybe some nihilism, maybe some uh, inappropriate comments in interviews. Number twenty-three. Thank Jesus. you, the majestic. Dark crimes. Um, Wasn't he in one called Dark Crimes? Uh, he's been, he's had some moments, but the the main thing is, is just he's he's back in that Ace Ventura mode of all things and it's such a wild pull and he actually sells every joke in this movie 
like extreme. I was like laughing repeatedly at Jeez. Jim Carrey, which was already talk about. I was simultaneously nostalgic for uh, uh, Sonic and Jim Carrey making me laugh. <laughs> it was two at, two at the same time, which I thought was fantastic. I thought he was genuinely very funny. Sure. I the funniest the my favorite laugh in the movie though was not actually uh it in scripted into the film itself. Uh. Uh, I have two quick stories. This is the first one. When James Marston appears on the screen for the first time, a six-year-old, seemingly six-year-old kid uh, seated behind me and my daughter said out loud to his mom, oh, it's a normal guy. (laughs) (laughs) That is is the fucking most James Marston. (laughs) Like, yep, he's a normal guy. He's just James Marston, a normal guy. That's good. Um, the The other very quick story I want to tell before we talk more about the film itself. I saw it in the beautiful Marquee Cinemas in Huntington, West Virginia, in the Pullman Plaza. And I'm watching the movie, and when it's in the first, uh, like, music, big music cue, I think it's Don't Stop Me Now, My Queen, and he's running through the forest or whatever, I realized that the music was muffled, okay? And it was, like, very distracting to me. And I got it in my head that, like, I'm not going to be able to properly evaluate this film because the music track is muffled. So I go out to the... Um, I go out to the counter. I'm like, excuse me. There seems to be a problem with the sound. The music is muffled. And they're like, okay, we'll check it out. So I go back to my seat and I see the person come in from the theater and stand there. And it's at a part where there's no music. So it sounds fine. (laughs) And the person then leaves. Three minutes go by. There's another big music cue. It's muffled. Suddenly, I'm the lunatic that's come out the second time. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) You have to understand. The music is muffled. You have to wait till there's music. So then the manager comes in, and I slink back to my seat and just watch out of the corner of my eye as the manager has to stand there through 10 music-free minutes (laughs) of the Sonic movie because this fucking madman has to have it exactly as the director's intended. Yeah, just the, like bounce it out. The I, I I'm curious about Russ and Chris's thoughts uh, of the comedy uh, because to 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 frame it, my problems with it mm-hmm. are twofold. Mm-hmm. One, like just so many fucking like fart fart jokes, and that's fine. Like I, I I'm not shitting on like kids kids forward comedy, but like it is it is a lazy kind that I uh, just oh, let, could me, not well, let me just pause for yeah, a second because ahead. I think we are so deep down the hedgehog hole at this point that uh-huh. I think we yeah. should take a step back and just okay. give a quick overview of the plot of this movie for people that have not seen it yet because I do think from a storytelling perspective it succeeds on a lot of levels that's and that's yeah that's what I was getting to is like as an adventure and as like an action movie weirdly like I enjoyed it in the same way I kind of enjoyed like the Fast and the Furious movies but it is like a buddy buddy it's like a road trip uh, buddy comedy road trip. Okay, let, me, yeah. let me start from the beginning and I'll try to do the rundown Baby Sonic awakens in the jungle. He has been living on a land very reminiscent to the Sega Genesis games with loop-de-loops and squares on the textures and like everything you remember from Sonic the Hedgehog, the video game. I want to warn you, I'm watching you do this and pretending I'm just watching a YouTube video okay, talking to yourself. Perfect. That's great. <laughs> so he's a little baby, but he's still very fast. And he meets everyone's favorite adult character in the Sonic franchise, Longclaw, an owl who I do not recognize at all. Is Longclaw like a thing? It's uh, you saying that, 
you have sealed your own fate with some sort of community. <laughs> some sort of that some sort of faction in the community is now going to burn your house. Okay, down. I'm sorry, Longclaw Ease. Uh, anyway, Longclaw is there, and she's like uh, a mentor to Sonic. But unfortunately, there's a rival faction that appears to she's be only in the movie. A bunch only in the movie, by the what? way. Only in the movie. Which is wild. That thing's got 50 million animals. You can't pull one more out of that your ass. That did seem surprising that me, they didn't want to pull cream? another reference. So apparently there's some knuckles like echidnas chasing after Longclaw. And they shoot the owl with an arrow. And she's like, run, baby Sonic, run. And gives him a bunch of rings. And the rings are like teleportation devices that he can throw on the ground and think of a place. And he'll go there. So he's basically mm. on the run from Knuckles and his friends. I know we've never talked about a movie on this show before, but I don't think we should recap every Hold single on. This scene is important. This of the Sonic setup. movie. I'm not going to do every scene, but it's important you understand how we get into the into the contrast. <laughs> James of, Marsden says, I want to move to San Francisco because I want to be a cop. <laughs> it's very important to the Okay, movie. so he's in America now. He's in, Where is it, okay. Montana or something? <laughs> okay. And the James Northwest. Marsden is indeed a cop. And he's on the road scanning cars. But what's this? Something goes by very quickly. Anyway, skip ahead. Uh, Sonic's living in this small town. And then he runs really fast because he's super lonely because Longclaw died or something. And then he runs around a baseball field so fast that he creates an energy beam that brings Jim Carrey to chase after him. And they end up in San Francisco and have a big fight. You detailed... The entire first five minutes and then skipped the actual plot. No, that yeah. was the plot. Sonic and James Marsden go on a road trip to San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, to, I just, to get his I rings back it for what it's worth. Three he, seconds to get his rings back. Yeah. I think like the friendship that forms between James Marston, who, by the way, puts on a fucking clinic in this movie. He I does. He's like. very good. He's putting, not, he's, he is not phoning this in. He is, he is a glue and he is a normal guy who, let's remember, was just yelling at nothing for yeah months. i think that's the big takeaway from this film is that nobody phones anything in and that's why it's so good is because everyone commits so hardcore to everything they're doing which ordinarily you wouldn't expect from a sonic the hedgehog movie but man people go for it <laughs> now one might argue though that there was one performer in the movie ha- who had maybe too much energy that maybe it did need to be reined in even just a little bit. And I'm not talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and his power quills, I guess. His electricity quills? Sure. Is that a thing? Don't say Jim. I just want to know how, Russ and Chris, how did Jim treat you? Because I feel like he tr- oh. he grabbed the, the dial so firmly that mm-hmm. was titled, that the dial named Jim Carrey, and he turned it up to fucking maximum, and then he tore it off and threw it in a river. Okay. This, this fucking guy. <laughs> this so, fucking guy. I, I, I think the the... I don't think this is a problem with the movie. I enjoyed this. I think somehow they made two movies and mm. then the editor had both these films and they were like, oh, I can't remember which one was marked the movie we were supposed to ship and then spliced them together. And the reason I say this is you say, you know, like the jokes, they're all kids movie jokes uh, that fail catastrophically. That's true. I don't know, maybe like 70% of the time. Then there are jokes like the following one, which I will describe to you, where Jim Carrey uh, plays Dr. Robotnik. He is supposed to be the uh, world's smartest man slash supervillain technocrat, right? And James Marsden, uh, average guy, small town cop. Jim Carrey says to James Marsden, I was writing formulas 
when you were sipping formulas. And then James Marsden says, actually, I was breastfed. And then Jim Carrey mm. says, way to rub it in my orphan face. It's fucking very That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> great. And it is not at peace with the rest of the movie. Which, and I can't figure out how it happened. That doesn't feel like a, um improv line. No. It feels no, like it something does feel that was in the script. I think there's more, like, sort of hints at what you're talking about, Plant. Um, Neil McDonough is introduced at one point as sort of like, uh, a military heavy. If you don't know Neil McDonough, you probably know, uh, may remember him as uh, Vincent Sofell from uh, Paul Blart Cop 2. Also, he's also in Justified. Yeah, he's been on a lot of stuff. Yeah, but Paul Blart sure. Mall Cop yeah, 2 is like the main, is yeah. the biggie. Uh, he's introduced as sort of like a military heavy. He's like seventh build in the film, and he is in it for 10 seconds. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and then just vanishes, which makes me think that like maybe he was more of a presence earlier I on. I mean, did and then you they miss like him? really drilled. What? Did you miss him? Did you feel no. like you lost something? I love Neil me McDonough, so I, well, his absence was felt by me because I think he's he's actually genius. Um, and it makes me wonder if like you, it's just, you don't get a Neil McDonough for that role if you don't need a Neil McDonough sure. in that role. You get the cheap version of Neil McDonough, right? You get right. a discount. Neil yeah, McDonough. he was definitely a bigger role. I just didn't think think that they needed more military guys smattered around to bounce off Jim Carrey. I w- I'm just saying it's a weird, it makes me think that he maybe was more prominent and then they like scaled it back and focused on other things in the movie. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to agree with Griffin. I think the, for me, I understand for children, probably youngsters, uh, the uh, Jim Carrey scenes were probably pretty entertaining insofar as he's a wacky guy shouting things. For me, I found him the weakest part of the movie, and I was extremely eager to return to Sonic and his saga. Um, I wanted Sonic to kill him. I wanted yeah. him to die at Sonic. <laughs> so hands. maybe that's intentional. I wanted Sonic to spin through. What about maybe. the dance break? That's what I wanted. The like that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. So like this is exactly wild, what I'm talking about. He has a fucking dance break where he like turns on this 3D projector and goes oh, yeah. skiing in front of it, and it's like, what the fuck am I watching right now, Jim? Here's the- the the argument I would make is that Jim Carrey here's what he brings to this movie for mm-hmm. me one the selling gags in certain scenes like actually landed for me I think he is able to do he brings an actual genuine menace to the character without be, like riding that rail between menace and uh like Clown. still not threatening sure. to kids yeah. like uh Brennan Gleeson in um Paddington two yeah right yeah. so it's like genuinely kind of scary but also not gonna freak kids out or whatever and i think that his sensibilities which i feel like are probably injected through the movie through things like the dance scene and his last like scene after you know at the end of the film i feel like are sort of his more surrealist sensibilities that keep it from being Mm. sort of a stale just like straight by the numbers you know sonic film plant what do you think I think he's perfect. I would not change a thing he did. I do want to talk about uh, the third film because I realized I, I left this out, my theory. It is not two films. There, uh, there are three films. Uh, one is the traditional children's movie. Uh, two is the existential nightmare that Jim Carrey is inhabiting. And three is the direct-to-camera advertisements, oh, yes. of which there are a surplus. Um, oh, right. I, I did want to bring one of these up, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Well, Go ahead. Uh, the, 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 the three I counted, one of which gets a callback, is yep. Zillow, yes. Optical Illusions, a glasses store, 
Is that a right. Requiesa store? I, I think so. I think. And uh, well, okay, we should maybe. check. And then the last one I'm is checking. Olive Garden, which gets two very big um, oh, moments so in the film. But they're fucking funny. But they like, are it's good. so good. They bring because the plane down. Submits, yeah, it's good. It serves a story focus because yes. he is excited to get an Olive Garden gift card and that cements his status as a normal guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a regular guy. To be fair, he's disappointed. Uh, that's what I found interesting about that uh, uh, product placement. He is disappointed that is not bigger than an Olive Garden gift card. It is implied that he will, his house, uh, suffice it to say, gets wrecked throughout the movie. And as a reward, the American government gives him an Olive Garden gift card for $50. Yes, also inconsistencies. I agree with Justin. The Olive Garden, deeply relatable. Um, the only app he has on his phone, Olive Garden. Um, what's not relatable is the Zillow uh, yes. product placement where they look <laughs> so at wild. an apartment in San Francisco and the rent is $4,600 a month. Yes, I wrote the same thing down. Now, now something to keep in mind. He is a small town sheriff. He uh-huh. His plan is to move mm. to San Francisco from this small town and be a street cop. So a street cop in San Francisco, I don't know what they would make. Let's say it's 50 grand for. It's a wild MacGuffin of like his big dream that he's chasing <laughs> is to also be a cop still in a slight in a bigger, a city. more threatening city. <laughs> yeah. But now his intention is to move there with uh, his wife, who is a vet and pay forty six hundred dollars for an apartment in San Francisco. Now, that is an accurate portrayal of the apartment prices in San Francisco. <laughs> Fair. But um, all right, listen, we got it. We're, we're we're running out of time. Okay. Okay. And I feel no, like not. we've we've just ta- to all take all day to talk about this fantastic <laughs> film song about about like specific weird things about the movie. And I don't think we've really necessarily nailed down like why it works. Why does it work? As, as, like, uh, as, yes. Right. Aside from like genuinely great performances, like I really. Uh, not a joke like I can't remember seeing James Marsden in anything where he left like quite as big an impression and maybe it's just because like he was uh, providing me like you know I, I was deep deep under the Jim Carrey ocean mm-hmm. and he would provide me with uh, with oxygen so my my mentality on why this movie works uh, I need to step back briefly and say um, for whatever reason I got President's Day off this year and what it left me with was an entire day off that no one else on the planet has off which means that I had to see this movie alone at 11.30 in the morning, surrounded by children on a quasi day off. So it did leave me with the sense of like having to analyze this movie, not in the eyes of a child, but so much as like my creepy sitting alone in a theater watching a children's movie. And why did it work? I think I mentioned this earlier, but I really do think it's because everyone goes for it. Ben Schwartz, who plays the voice of Sonic, yeah, we even mentioned, is yeah. like... I mean, his milieu is going for it. Like everything he ever does, John Ralphio and House of Lies and his um, Middle Ditch and Schwartz improv shows is going for it with a capital G. Um, but never grading. And never grading. It, like, like it, very, it, and, and a genuine uh, earnestness. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think because of that energy, the like without that energy, I think as good as James Marsden was, the movie does not work in the least. The fact that I cared more about Sonic the Hedgehog from this film than I did from 30 years of video games <laughs> yes. is really impressive. <laughs> uh, the action scenes are also like pretty fucking tight. And uh, the movie culminates in like 
what was a shockingly kind of like badass moment, like a shockingly kind of yeah. like fuck hell yeah, I got jazz. get him. Yeah, Sonic. I said like, to myself, to myself as an adult, fuck him up, Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I said this to myself, an adult. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's it. It is an un. I guess it's an uneven movie for me because some of the Incorrect. jokes did did work and they were they were really good. The uh, uh, pretzel lady who is uh, the sheriff's wife, uh, wife yeah. or girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Her sister in the movie hates hates sheriff and has like is n- dropping nonstop bombs. Like she's throwing out fucking hand grenades. Like so she's crushing funny. it. Hysterical. Um, so like it's it's uneven in that regard. But the it is so it's a surprisingly sweet yeah and like super competent like action buddy comedy adventure i i just want to ju- i want to i want to know why this worked for justin real quick i feel like it works because it is a i mean i i understand so what you're saying about the joke some of the jokes like not landing but i feel like they landed for who they were supposed to land for uh almost without fail it reminded me of watching something like um cloudy with a chance of meatballs for the first time where mm. it's like oh this is like an actually confident comedic voice like and, and it's well scripted and there are moments that work for the adults and there there's moments that work for the kids and it's all written i think to support strengths of sonic the character as he is there's a character in the movie called uh uh crazy carl mm-hmm. who has seen sonic in this town and has like tried to get people to believe that he's real and no one does believe him and at the end of the film he is vindicated uh in this and there's little beats throughout that uh, throughout the movie like that that are like that really pay off and are really funny and i think that it just like it's never as uh i think the other thing that it succeeds in where so many video game adaptations fail is one, it's working with something of a blank slate sure. because there's not a lot of narrative to, to to append to this guy. But also, it doesn't shoehorn in a bunch of winky references. It does them very tastefully uh, where you'll hear like a music cue from Green Hill Zone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just like dropped it. It's not like punch you in the face with it. Just a, a note on that and why I think this movie is lovely and why I think it will actually age very well. Um, so I love Hocus Pocus, which is a movie I'm not sure if it is good or bad, but Hocus Pocus is distinctly of the year it was released. Uh, everybody Mm. is wearing jackets that look like MC Hammer had them. They have words carved into the back of their head. The mother at one point is dressed as Madonna. It is a movie of the era without being a movie where it's just repeating other jokes from the era which is a thing I think a lot of kids' movies do, right. where they're like, hey, you remember this joke from that movie that came out last year? And Sonic reminds me so much of that. The jokes themselves are not referential, but Sonic flosses, and there is app humor, and the enemy is drones, and the entire credits, like closing credits song. This movie is so distinctly the year 2020, um, yeah. and I am so excited to watch this movie in 10 years and for it to feel like this bizarre time warp and i think this, what's he doing like with Sanic- his arms oh yeah remember right? he's moving his arms back and forth what is that that was when Fortnite was only in season two oh, yes. before it was elected president of the united <laughs> states of games uh hey let's go to uh let's go to a break this episode of the best these is sponsored by aura frames all right so 
You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye. To your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get 
this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So we're back to talk more about Sonic and why my brother's wrong about Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, sadly, no. We have no more time for this. Uh, what are you all... Uh... What y'all been playing on the video games uh, I'll cool down from watching the Sonic film? I'll go first since mine's pretty short. I, I uh, just wrapped up the expansion for uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses that just came out. It's really kind of neat how they're doing it. It's called Cindered Shadows, and it's all about this secret fourth house, like this underground fourth house in a place under the monastery where the whole game takes place called the abyss so it introduces these new characters and also introduces like a handful of new like entirely new classes that kind of like add a lot of like neat depth and new stuff to uh to like the team compositions that you can put together and also tells like kind of a like cool story like the characters are actually really well developed uh much better i think than most of the characters in like the core Three Houses storyline, which I haven't finished. I just uh, restarted my playthrough as a Blue Lions devotee uh, this time around. But, like, I really do enjoy these games. It is tough for me to finish a Fire Emblem game because I feel like my my desire to, like, engage with that level of of tactics, it it burns out, like, fairly quickly. Yeah, I think the pacing is probably the problem long-term, so I agree with you there, for sure. The idea of a seven-chapter... Like storyline where each each battle also has like weird distinct like mechanics that really take it's fucking hard like it's way harder than anything I played in the the original game and so like it's a really satisfying puzzle there's one level where you start at like one end of this like underground channel and there are two gates that close after 10 rounds and so you have to like get your whole team race through there as two factions of enemies are fighting each other around you like it is it's fucking cool and most of the 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 battles are are like that i think it's and then also once you finish it you can recruit them into uh the main game and there's like new paralogs and new about uh, 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 genuinely a ton of new stuff i just like that there were sewer is, you've children. talked about this for too long okay this is this is you've too long you've talked about this so i want to talk about something else fair go for it justin you're burning jim carrey time justin what were you playing this week got an oculus quest been playing some stuff on it there's a really good one called uh uh pistol whip you guys try that not yet okay here's the here's the pitch imagine y'all played super hot yes, yes. Right? played super hot uh, imagine if Super Hot was a rhythm game, and that is pretty much the best description I can give you of Pistol Whip. There's a sort of pulsing techno song, and you're moving forward on rails, and dudes are like popping out of nowhere, like kind of shadowy, spectery dudes without a lot of definition, but very much like Super Hot, are popping out of nowhere, and you shoot them with your gun point, and point down to reload. There are, uh, you can also punch, if somebody gets close enough to you, you can punch and refill your health. Or pistol whip Um, them. uh. Or (laughs) pistol whip them, if you like. That's what you're actually doing. And there's barriers also that will come at you that require you to, like, physically move to avoid them or duck, you know, to avoid the barriers. Um, But you are scored better if you shoot on the beat. Mm. So you get into this groove that is the closest I felt to, like, a John Wick sort of feeling of like 
this choreographed action sequence because I am like waiting for the beat to shoot dudes. And when you get into a, a groove with it, where like six guys pop out out of nowhere and you're, you know, bang, bang, bang. And there's bullets coming at you that you're also dodging as you're moving out of the way and like sh- popping these guys. It's, it's really, really, really great exercise too. Like you're moving oh, yeah. all around. Like I've, I've, I've ended up sweaty after a couple of like harder difficulty levels. I'm a big like beat saber fan. Like I managed to get it and did all the shit you have to do to hack it, to put your like own songs into it and would play that. Like I, I don't do it as much these days, but I'd play it for, you know, a half hour at a time at like the highest difficulty and be like, my watch would be like, dude, your fucking heart's about to explode. You, you need to calm down. I think I need to try pistol whip again and turn up the difficulty a little bit because on, I, I wanted that feeling of that, that John wick feeling. And I feel like on easy mode or normal mode or whatever, like you don't really get it because it's just, it's too like, it's too slow. It's like playing guitar. But yeah, I would say bump it up. Uh, You can also turn on a modifier that lets you use two pistols. Okay. Um, And that was like, that's primo. Yeah. I will talk about what I've been playing. I I mentioned last week I was playing Bloodstained on Switch, which I ended up finishing and was like super thrilled with it, um, especially on the fact that it runs on Switch okay. And then I was like really still hankering for Metroidvania stuff. So I, dip back into Rogue Legacy, which is a game I bought for like six bucks on sale on Switch and just been like grinding that out because I absolutely love it. And then this morning, just this morning, uh, I saw that a Witcher patch has been released for Switch, the Switch version, which will let you play saves uh, on PC. Like you could transfer your save from Switch to PC. Wow. um, Which is extremely cool to think that like I've been playing this game for 100 hours and it looks pretty janky on switch i mean it works <laughs> but it looks pretty janky. so to think that i could like jump into the future and be like oh damn this game is fucking awesome and i don't have to like start from the beginning to play it on pc with mods and all sorts of stuff so right. really cool but it's mostly just like kind of going back to games that i've played before um but it's, it's they, been really good they did that with uh divinity right divinity, divinity has the same has sort of functionality should, man, yeah really it's good. so f- it's so fucking smart yeah like it's it is uh, such a cool feature that i wish like every pc game on switch could could do yeah uh, uh plan my game of the week i'm not playing i'm watching and i know that mm. hoops are gonna be right there with me survivor winners at war oh yeah i'm on. watching it too and i not, not on that tip yet really I'm shocked. I yeah. I I was so you know what honestly the last season bummed me out yeah, so much. So I bailed halfway through it and like my I didn't even realize it had come back until it popped up in my DVR and I haven't. I just see. Had I bounced to. off Survivor probably three three years ago. Uh, missed last missed season, a, which a I heard was one. Oh, so this last one was yeah. I heard it was a horror show. Garbage. Yeah, it was um, real bad. But Winners at War, I you can it feels like uh, they're trying to make up for that because it's just people who've won the game. And boy, oh boy, does that make for a really good show, especially in the early episodes where uh, if you've all watched Survivor before, the early episodes are usually uh, dull because a whole bunch of people who have vaguely similar names like Todd, Tim, Todd and Rob, Chris, Terry, Kirsten, yeah, they, yeah. They, uh, they all kind of stink at the game and they make amateur mistakes and there isn't really a lot happening and everybody is timid or somebody tries too hard and it takes like until the merge about halfway through for anything exciting to happen the opposite is, is Yule true. on there you yes. yes best to ever play the game by the um, way it's, number one it's ridiculous now because 
everybody is so hardcore. I mean, you can tell that they're just having to cut the show in an entirely different way. Where, it, you know, in previous seasons, somebody would say something to... Uh, Person A would say something to Person B, and then later in the episode, there would be a big moment where Person B tells Person C. And, like, now it's like, Person A tells something to Person B, and then it just cuts to C telling it to D, and then D telling it to E, and then E telling it to A, yeah. and then A going back to, like, it just is so, so fast. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like There's a galaxy a, brain for an hour, yes, basically. There are a lot of new rules that I think almost make it so complicated that it prevents players from having good strategy, but we will see still early on. If you ever want to pivot, by the way, and just make this a Survivor <laughs> podcast where we talk about the meta of Survivor, I'm 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 in. There's like a new currency too that you can use you, to like buy either benefits like rewards. It's V-Bucks, <laughs> actually. V-Bucks. It's fire tokens and you get them on whatever last Isle of Extinction is. or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about reader mail. Uh, there are so many people, and I love everybody who listens to this program like they're my child. So many extremely bad takes about this <laughs> oh. to us that I literally I cannot. Some people a very appropriate. Um, let's see. Uh, here's one from Niche. Uh, I watched Sonic Hedgehog movie on its release day and was not expecting great things. I was, however, expecting a movie about Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, the little blue spiky chap who collects rings, frees animals from robots, and collects chaos emeralds to go supersonic. This movie isn't about Sonic. They used his name and then did a load of other new nonsensical shit and then put him in a car for 90% of the film. Strange. Incorrect. You've described a very bad Sonic movie, although you are f- right that he is in a car for an extremely <laughs> long time. Really time. That is fucking extremely accurate. It is wild how much time Sonic I mean, got tranquilized. Cars. Uh, yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's pretty bare bones adaptation wise. Like it's Sonic. He's got red shoes and he comes from. He lives in Green Hill Zone. Basically. Well, he does earn his red shoes, but yeah. Other. Than yeah. Uh, yeah. I get that. Bob said. Uh, how is there only one chili dog reference? He wouldn't shut up about them in the cartoon show. Bob, are you high? You've described a bad version of this. This is a bad version. The good version is one chili dog. Even that was too much because it it came after the, the aforementioned wet fart. Yeah. I, I have a at coffee Lancelot says, the Sonic Hedgehog movie was a lot of fun for me as a longtime Sonic fan, though my biggest complaint is that there was a severe lack of Sonic the Hedgehog's feet. Though we got a lot, uh, a little bit of teases, I would like to see more in the sequel. Okay, so uh, this is interesting. I don't know if you guys are aware, but there is no canonical agreement as to what Sonic's feet look like. Uh, Sega is oh. very careful about not showing Sonic without shoes on. This movie actually has shown more of Sonic's feet than I think any Sonic product before this because there's a moment at which his shoes need to be removed. He's wearing socks, but the socks are yeah. very worn because of all the running. But, so you do actually see, see his feet briefly, but only like kind of parts of his feet. There's an x-ray of his foot oh. at one part that oh. Dr. Robotnik does. Like, we see his foot pretty uh, yeah. fucking explicitly. So, like, I don't know how much more Sonic foot action. This is the most Sonic foot you've ever gotten, and you're complaining that there's not more <laughs> Sonic foot in it. This this is the only correct take uh, in our email from Megan. Never has a group of five college-educated women been more confused yet delighted by a film. Jim Carrey gave an Oscar-worthy performance as a deranged Eggman, while Sonic flossing made me kick out my legs in a strange fight-or-flight reflex. <laughs> that is accurate. The accurate response. When the jokes hit, they hit. And when they didn't, you were just watching Sonic fart, I guess. 
<laughs> That's a, perfect... a solid three stars. Uh, Megan does not say out of how many stars, so it gets three stars. I'm assuming out of four. What a wild episode this is. It really... Sliding doors, right? There's a version of this episode where the movie is just fucking garbage because, uh, boys, that trailer set to uh, Gangster's Paradise, mm. like did not inspire confidence. No. I'm not even talking about like everybody was so up in arms about Sonic's aesthetic and uh like joking aside it is kind of wild how much effort went into fixing that because he looks like actually great and kind of cute now. Uh but it I was more worried about the fact that all the jokes in the trailer were stinkers and the movie looked pretty terrible and somehow it 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 was good and fun. Y'all, before we go, uh, I want to share a thing, but it involves the post-credit scene. So, if, oh, we if, should. Okay, we should okay, not. Okay, okay. We can't spoil it. Yeah, if people, I, I gotta share it because it, this brought we me. Talk up. about it. We can give people a window. Hold on, let me check the time. Okay. We are currently at forty-one fifty. It'll be different once it's edited. Yeah. So that doesn't. Yeah, matter. but we're forty-one fifty. You can probably just, just dip, dip out of the rest of the minutes. show if you don't want to hear it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna miss much. Two minutes. Follow and share on Spotify. Okay. Uh, so at the at the end of the movie, uh, Sonic uh, saves the day. Uh, Doctor uh, Eggman Robotnik uh, is sent to the mushroom world. Then credits roll right and come back and. Who is floating over the Pacific Northwest but Tails? A lifelike CG version of Sonic 2's best character and probably the greatest character in Sonic Mythos. That alone is great. What is even better is the entire theater I am in erupting. I mean, like like sports uh, final seconds game-winning sports shot. Sports level yelling. Erupting. <laughs> erupting. And I'm like, who who is this? Who are these people? Are the this didn't sound like children? They sounded like grown people, men and women. So I leave the theater, I uh, go to the restroom, go outside, and outside I find a, a group of probably a dozen or so college age kids, and they are almost sobbing with joy about what they have experienced. Now all I can vaguely hear is Sonic movie. So I'm like, okay. These are the people. This is who it was. And I, I in, inch my way close while uh, you know, taking out my phone because I don't want to look like I'm spying on them, which I am. And one of the men in this group says, and I quote this exactly. I wrote it down immediately. If I get married, I still won't be as happy as I was when I saw soft tails on the big screen. <laughs> fucking so good i also enjoy that considering what the character design process of this is that they had the strength of their own convictions to just show tails at the end like he looks like this fuck off yeah this is what he looks like can't change it can't make us change it looks like this although i will be surprised if they don't replace the voice actor with something yeah. more well known that's two minutes that's the end of, of the spoiler segment and that's the also the end of this program what are we gonna next week next, we're gonna be next week what are we gonna do Wow, I was like, "This dreams, baby." Start, go to sleep. Tell us about your dreams. And now, here's for the reader mail segment. Don't talk about the game dreams. Just email us about your dreams. <laughs> I just want the longest emails you can give us about your your dreams. Um, and if you see anything particularly weird in the game dreams, you can uh, please let us know about that as well. 
don't email us about your actual <laughs> dreams. That would be, I, I will just delete them. I'll set up a spam filter if I have to. You can follow us on Twitter at the besties pod. Uh, you can also join our newsletter, which is linked on our Twitter feed. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So uh, thank you. And uh, be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? The Besties is a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties! Besties.